What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! Yeah! What is up, Tutorinos? Welcome back to Rank Em All, that podcast where a couple of folks, friends, sit down, we listen to some albums, we listen to some songs, we go down a discography, we rank every single song on the album, which tabulates up to give us our album ranks. We average up all those, which gives us the master rank for each one. We are continuing down the trek for Alice in Chains. This is our first of two bonus episodes for Alice in Chains, so it's not really going to count towards the overall album ranks, but you know what? There's absolutely no way we could go down and rank Alice in Chains without touching on this one. Of course, you guys seen the title. You know what we're doing. This is Unplugged. And today we're ranking it. But it, who am I? I'm one of your hosts, Brando. And I'm not alone. I'm not alone because I've assembled the team once again. And, of course, cohorted by the one and only pod daddy himself, Nate Phillips. Buddy, it has been a minute. Now, uh, not, not for the listeners out there. <laughs> Nate Phillips, it's baby. A good thing, it's, a, it's a good thing that the lights are not off and you're not shining that on the walls in your room because then we would be able to see what's all over the pops. It's like a Jackson oh Pollock in there. God. Uh, Brando, we are here. We are doing it. For the listeners, let's just be fucking real for a second, baby. I'm sick or something. Maybe I got allergies. Mm. I don't know, but there's a blockage in my nose happening and I'm trying to get it out by sucking in or shooting out. No, that's really happening. It's... <laughs> Bullshit. So if you see me happen to Daenerys paling myself off the episode and step away, I did. I'm 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 OK. I just don't want to be totally disrespectful and snot all over the dudes while we're ranking this uh, very, very beautiful and special album that we're going to be ranking. Brando, we are obviously not alone. We brought the rest of our Justice Society of America, obviously joining us, the stepdad of the journey into comics network. Work. He's over there, roboting the fuck out of life. What's up, Ty? Hey, man, I've uh just doing dad shit. <laughs> Word, I love that. I too do dad shit. I dabble in the dad shit. Nah, but, uh... it's 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 nice to finally get back to to sit down and record. We've been trying. Again, holidays are tough. The winter time sucks, and. uh Work makes everybody's lives hell sometimes, and we and as, we all we all can see the horizon. And as and we learned, Puxatani Phil was like, "Hey, I'm not telling you how much winter is left. I'm going to die first. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's just that, it's like, that meme where the guy fucking hits a peace sign and then disappears. <laughs> oh God, uh, no, no, but winter we're is not left. alone. Yeah. You hear his beautiful voice." Let's talk to the man, the myth, the legend. You know him and love him from Journey into Wrestling. We will be back shortly, folks. I promise you. We're almost there. We're it's almost we're I'm feeling the juices. Welcome back to the show yet again, Rankmaster Buckles. Don't we so the show's only the show's 10 minutes old and Nate's already talking about sucking, blowing, and juices. So we already have a significant issue here. Mm. That's why he's um, got that light. That way you can clean I, I like that he's the first one that picked up on sucking, blowing, and juices in my terms, because I didn't even remember saying it half of whatever I just was told <laughs> I said. Well, uh, you know, that tends to happen when you <laughs> never mind. Um 
No, uh, I like that we're talking about the holidays stopping things, considering it's been, you know, it's March. <laughs> the holidays was three months ago. However, however, this is the this is the internet. This is this is the beauty of of, of uh, Zoom and the beauty of all things online. So no time has passed. Three well, months is condensed to nothing. Well, you know, we had met up after the holidays, and we're right after we were able to get, uh, you know, the self-titled episode done. And since then, there was a bit of a time I got sick, which mm-hmm. I which almost laid me out for like uh, two weeks. Man, I canceled so many podcasts during that time because either I was too feverish, either I hadn't eaten. Because that, that's when I canceled with y'all when we were going to do this like a, like a week or two that's ago. That's right, yeah. Like, I had not eaten in, like, days. I, I had no appetite and nothing. And it wasn't it, it, it wasn't that 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 COVID disease. I tested negative. She tested negative. She tested negative days later. So uh, there's rumors it could have been influenza A. It was mostly respiratory. But it did knock me on my ass for at yeah. least five days. And then after that, uh, my voice was shot. I couldn't record. I was sound like this because I had to go to work. For which at work, there's a lot of noise, and I got to talk over the noise for people to hear me. And I and I, I, I that was my my voice needed a rest. And back, we're finally here, Nate. I hope that oh. yours does not turn into anything um, uh, too too horrible. And uh, I'm gonna fuck it up. Well, <laughs> Judy chopped my fucking influenza or whatever the shit's happening to me. He's going to Judy was all, well uh, chop. Oh, God. On a pole. <laughs> on, a, on a forklift. On a forklift. Um, Off the top of the forklift. I want, a, I want a forklift that lifts a crate of forks. That's what Look, I I'm going to, I got to say, uh, right out the gate about this album, I need to talk about something. It is, do you guys know, like, um, it, it does happen on occasion where, like, musicians who are very, very in tune and happen to also be in the writing phase, who are, like, in the process of dying and they don't even know that their end is coming, will, like, write about their demise. I feel not necessarily because there's not anything really new material on here. We're obviously covering stuff that we've already talked about, but I feel the order of the track listing specifically the the set list they made for this show is hauntingly screaming lane saying like something is coming not good as beautiful and as haunting as this album is there is this dark crazy ominous cloud over it um See, i kind of i kind of actually feel the exact opposite man i feel like it's warmer than most of their studio stuff but i i wouldn't say it's warmer i'd say it's definitely less angry um, yeah. you know, because Lane's not really, you know, it, it, it's just not, that's not the style and what, what, what's going on. But I think to really, to really understand what Nate was saying is you actually have to watch the performance because there's times, there's times, you know, even when like not a lot is going on and Lane is, you know, especially after he takes his sunglasses off. When he's yeah. just sitting there, dude, and he he just looks so fucking bad. That you, like, w- like once you watch that whole performance start to finish, and then and then you look at the track list, and it's like, fuck, man, the dude's like dying in front of me, and you know, woo, America, we ate it up, and then the dude died. So, um, bums me out. So there is one new song that has not ever been released. Mm-hmm. 
uh, on here. That's the last track. And um, so we'll be talking about that. That's the only song that was not uh, something that we've already ranked before. This is a really good mixture of tracks from all across, uh, uh, you know, like other than like, with, I don't think there's anything other. Is there? Is there nothing from uh, the debut album? I don't from think uh, so. from facelift. Facelift. No, um, there is not. However, no, there was so. there 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 was supposed to be. There was actually two songs that they wanted to do that they cut. Uh, one of them was "Love Hate Love" and "We Die Young," which I I would have loved to have heard "We Die Young." Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Setting, but it was for time. They, they like they just didn't have enough time to right. do it, and there were a couple Irony. songs. Right. Well, like if like didn't they read like this the whole session took like three hours. Like they re-recorded a couple of songs a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. Uh Got Me Wrong and uh Sludge Factor had had to re, re had to be replayed because they messed it up. Right. So um uh, so there's that and yeah, and isn't that isn't that wild too? Like just talking about Sludge Factory, and I know that I've throughout the recording of this this uh project we've uh, are i've occasionally brought up like plays on uh, streaming platforms so sludge factory a song that had to be re-recorded it has 12 million plays on just spotify Mm -hmm. so i mean how crazy is that yeah so this was the very first concert the band had had in two and a half years they had not played uh, and as far as I'm aware, they don't play again after this. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they, they go on a, on an indefinite hiatus after this. And of course, during that time we lose lane. So this is the very last, anything that has been put out other than music bank, but music bank that, which we are going to do next week as the second bonus. And we're going to let you guys know what tracks we're going to do from that, that are kind of new uh, at the end of this episode. However, all those songs were, all songs that had been recorded or demoed uh, up until that point. I don't know. I'm going to have to read to see if there's anything that had been done f- just for Music Bank. But uh, as far as anything live, this is the last thing Lane ever did with them. I also kind of concur with Tyler and Nate a bit with the with, with the video. He just looks so sad and gone yeah. at, at, at points. Um, and it's definitely a mood. But there's also times of levity where he's having fun. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's mm-hmm. where 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 he is having fun. But most of the times where you feel the mood is when he's in the middle of the song and it's like hitting for him, you know. And then after the song, he gets to like laugh and joke a little bit and have some levity. Uh, I know. I know that at one point didn't uh, uh, that Cantrell said at one point like his favorite moment of the entire recording is when you hear Lane say, "I want to hug all of you, but I, I'm not gonna." No, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Uh, this was released um, on uh, on July 30th, 1996. I believe it was recorded in April of that year. Yep, April, yep. And it debuted at number three, and it is certified platinum. It has one single, which we'll talk about when we get there, I guess, uh, as we always try to do. But, guys, we've already talked about these songs uh, at length before. What we're going to do now is just kind of like, kind of, Compare them to what the, from the way they were, uh, because there's some stuff here from Jar of Flies and Sap, which were acoustic stuff to begin with. Uh, this is an acoustic setting. There's definitely a different mood, but we're going to go down, talk about each one, talk about did we like it better, did we like it not as much. Uh, I I could honestly say that uh, even for the songs, a uh, few here that maybe I'm not the hugest fan of, 
they're definitely better uh, in this setting. I totally agree. And not only just because of the setting, but for some other things. But starting off, we're going to kick right into it, guys. Nutshell from Jara Flies is what they started off with. And uh, really, really good mood setter here to start off with, with Nutshell. Uh, I did like it better than the other than the than the original version um which i don't think you're going to hear me say i like anything less uh it's either going to be right in line with with with, with how i felt before or, or 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 it will be improved and so uh i'm i'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say and i'm going to kick it right over to ty to kick it off about nutshell man i tell you what i was i was listening a little bit um in in some free time today and I kept going back to the first couple tracks on this album and just listening to it through headphones, not actually watching it. When when you click play on Nutshell and then the track starts and the crowd just immediately is like eating it up, you know, and, and, and it, there's so much you can just I mean. That was that was 1996. That was a long time ago, mm-hmm. and even through all the time and fucking everything that has to take place for me to hear it through my headphones, I can feel the energy that's in that room. And like Nutshell was already a song. You know, you, you said it perfect. It, like how how could I say anything on this is is worse? especially when like nutshell comes out of the gate and you took an already fantastic song and made it better. So love it. Love it. Eight, basically 19 million plays on Spotify. Well deserved buckles. What do you guys say about this version in nutshell? Uh, Well, I want to say, first of all, when I listened to this album going through, I really was kind of like, Comparing it, and I, I, I have a hard time listening to this as its own concert, as its own thing, when ranking specifically, because I'm comparing it to what I've known prior. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of had the opposite experience where I know, Tyler, didn't you say you had heard this album prior to hearing some of their other stuff? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So I heard a lot of their studio stuff prior to hearing this. So my initial take on a lot of these songs, especially they're going to be ranked today, the studio cuts are what I knew first. Um, I honestly love acoustic covers of just about anything. Um, I've actually spent the last like three days watching just random acoustic covers of shit. But uh, there are a few songs on this album uh, that I actually liked less um, than the studio cuts. Not a whole lot, but a, a little bit. Um, specifically with Nutshell, I do have to echo Tyler. This is a great song elevated. This mm-hmm. is the perfect start. They could not have picked a better song to, pick, to start this off. Um like it gives you goosebumps as soon as the song starts. Um, I do want to say the lack of filters or production um, because Lane's vocals throughout their albums are so heavily, like there's so much reverb to them. There's so much production to his voice that actually hearing it unedited, you can really get more of the soul and his voice coming through oh, on this album man. than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes throughout the entire album. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um I like also another thing about the you really you catch on this song and then you catch throughout the rest of it is that Cantrell gets to play around a lot more mm-hmm. because there's not so much just chugging and 
overproduction. He is like throwing little blues riffs and stuff. Yeah. In yep. between it. I love the solo through the end of the song. It's sure. not in the original, but it's it's more of a again, I, I feel like the tone of the song is a lot warmer. And it's already to me a warm song, but it is this was an elevation of an already great song. I I can't put it better than that. All right, Nate. So I'm gonna kind of go with a narrative here that I, I start. I started with kind of we first started really talking about the album, and this is the the artist who, whether or not they're aware of it, you know, obviously they all sat there and made the conscious effort to make the set list what it was. They had to talk about it over with MTV songs were cut, like you said. Um, but right out the gate, Lane's voice says so truthfully the most painfully obvious thing about his journey. And it's the it's the second and third line of the fucking first verse. We face this path of time and yet I fight and yet I fight this battle all alone. Like He is struggling with literal addiction and he has nothing. Nothing has stopped it. And he knows that he is on this very, very, very narrow path to demise. And when you hear and I think rewatch it, there is a pain when he sings that line that's just like, man, it hurt me, you know, and it is, you know, sometimes you um, embellish what you think your favorite artists or people are doing on stage and what they're feeling and stuff. But I think there is something really truthful uh, and we'll talk about it, about the songs and the order of operation here and tackle you guys the best first track they could have picked to set the tone to say, Hey, look, this is, you already know us to do this style. We already do bring it down and we can do the soft stuff. You know, it isn't too flashy. It doesn't have like the no excuses drums and whatnot. This is, hey, get get comfortable being intimate with us as a band. And, yeah, and, 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 and be in on the, because let me tell you guys, uh, just as a, from a performer's perspective, Brandon can speak on this little buckles probably as well, but... <clears throat> It is there's a cool thing to be on stage with a bunch of people listening to you play your shit and whatever and, and reacting and whatnot. There is something totally different about having a select few people sitting just observing you perform your art. And yeah. sometimes those moments are more impactful than anything I've ever done on stage. Just sitting in a room with a few people watching me jam with other you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same kind of vibe here, definitely, where they're just inviting you to sit in this room or with your headphones on, you're alone or with you know whoever you're listening to the album with, and and take it in very, very, very. It's 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 fucking beautiful. Um, and I guess with that, I should probably start off the ranks. Now I I do have hold here. On. Hold before oh. you give a number, I want to I want to I want to kind of sure. echo something that you'd mentioned really quickly that sure. we've talked about their previous albums and the 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 thematics and everything that have gone into them. And this was a few years after, say, Dirt, Facelift, and the like. So think about all the stuff that we talked about when we are talking about Dirt specifically and how so much of that confronted the addiction, confronted what he was feeling then, and how like he knew in writing that years ago what it could look like and how bad it can be. And now he's sitting here living through it and singing about the same things. It's a completely different – he's looking at it from the other end of it, which is – really heartbreaking in its own way it's one of those situations where i want to go look and i know metallica has this i know no other band does but the whole set list thing and see what they played the show or the shows before that and if nutshell wasn't on there at all 
it's like, you know, it kind of condenses their story into a nutshell here, you know, yeah. this is the journey we're taking. So um, to um, for my original rank, I know I gave this one an eight, but for the hauntingness, for the eerie, creepy truth that is leaking through in this intro song, for the beautiful intimacy it gives, I'm giving it a 9.25. Killed it. Killed this track. Buckles? Uh, I said it's a gorgeous song. Elevated. I gave it a 9 initially. This is a 10. This is the perfect song in this album for me. T.Y. Nate, Nate, it's funny. Uh, you gave it the same score that I and originally, or that I gave the original. Um, I got to go with Buckles on this. This is 10 out of 10 for me, bud. That's a ten out of ten for me, bud. <laughs> I gave the Get original. It, I gave the Sorry, original man. a nine, and I, I again, I think it's elevated. Uh, but I'm a nine five. I'm right in between y'all. So I see, but I think that's fair. I think anywhere, and I think we all kind of said this um, when we ranked this song initially. You know, um, just unanimously, pretty much everybody across all the fan bases and all the bullshit. It's like this song's so good. It's 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 got to be nine minimum. Anything right. above that is sure more is more is uh, uh, appreciated. But like they'd they'd have to pretty much walk out on stage and take a <laughs> dump on stage for this to be less than a nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Even agree. still, even still, I love the solo at the end. Creative <laughs> integrity. <laughs> that log drop at the end was. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard a mic drop. <laughs> oh God! I'm pretty sure they have some sort of indecently law, a uh, decency laws somewhere for which dude just popping a squat. I mean, wasn't it not G.G. Allen? What was it not very long ago that uh, is it raging or base against the machine or something like uh, like brass against the machine? Brass Against the Machine, where the lead singer, a female, just in the middle of the song, invites someone up on stage, squats oh, over him, and just pissed, pissed all over. Yep, yeah, pissed yeah. all over him. And that dude could have been happier, too, it seemed like. Yeah, he just took it. He loved it, man. He, he could he not have it. been happier. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll find the video, and I'll put it in the chat, dude. That guy please, was Please don't. Please don't. Up. I don't need to yeah. see it again. <laughs> please don't. Brass Against nah. is yes. the, the band's name. The next track. Brother from Sap, the opening song from Sap. Brother, um, what did I? Yeah, uh, an interesting song to put at number two. Maybe not what I would have picked, but uh, just you know, again, a little bit of a, a of a better version of the song. Um, due due to the atmosphere, due to um. You know, even though like even though uh, Sap, if I remember correctly, correctly, Sap was a lot more acoustic than even uh, Jar of Flies. Flies. Like yep. Jar of Flies was acoustic, but then it also had elements of just like um, more production to it with uh, some some electric guitars in there. Uh, Sap was a little bit more of that, and I did not care for Sap overall that much. And that, but the, but this song was the, my highest one on that one, and I don't think it's bad here. I don't think it's a bad fit. Um, but it, it's interesting that their song choices here, you, you know, we've talked about them telling a story 
maybe within their song choices rather than just picking some of their uh, absolute like biggest hits because there's a couple of big hits that are omitted, you know, from this set. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with Nate this time. What do you think about the Unplugged Brother? Oh, okay. So let's really talk about and break this down because my first initial thought was like, oh, God, no, please. Uh-oh. Because right their first attempt of that high harmony, they're finding it. And, and listen, yeah. they're on stage. They're really doing it this time. I get nerves. I get it. I, it's wrong. But they find they definitely find it, though. And then one thing you go back and you think about, you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. This is an incomplete version of the song anyways, because Ann Wilson from Heart is not even she's not obviously doing her part. Yeah. And she's got a beautiful high fucking voice that mm-hmm. adds to that overarching harmony that makes it a really three part dope fucking harmony. It would have been so, really cool if she could have like came out and showed did, up for that one, you know, showed up and just like, you know, was featured in that in that want- part of the set. And then she, you know, go back and sit down in the audience I mean, how fucking cool would that have been? Yeah, Incredible. I would wonder if they maybe tried to make that happen and, you know, schedules possibly didn't line up. But it's, you know, to go back to, again, that theme of what are we doing here? What's coming? This big looming monster. You've got Lane and Jerry. And Jerry's obviously written a song about a different experience. Mm-hmm. And they're harmonizing so raw and naked literally they get to a spot where there's nothing but their voices mm-hmm. in the and and that's when they are the most locked the fuck in in the whole song okay those two these blood brothers that aren't real brothers and we all kind of know what that is like and like they're telling each other goodbye without even knowing they're doing it it's really yep. dark and beautiful you know really cool for sure but uh this is one of those songs that like man they hit it they hit it the mode and the mood of this again invites people closer we're getting as Mm -hmm. intimate as we personally can feel our souls touch on stage like this with flitteries and that's what we got to experience watching and listening to this performance of brother that again elevates an already good song to something in a new echelon which is really crazy to say yeah all right buckles what you got um going back to my original ranking for brother off of sap i wasn't the hugest fan of it originally i only gave it a six five um i like the acoustic version better because it it doesn't feel as dirgy it doesn't feel as 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 harsh in a way Um, i think it really it really it really highlights cantrell singing a little bit more in this one more than the more than uh nutshell does Mm -hmm. Nate hit it on the head. The the harmony is not there at the very beginning, but throughout the song, they do really get to like dial it in. That acapella section is is fantastic. It's just absolutely freaking fantastic. But even like the droning sections, which is I had a problem with in the first go round, the droning sections even sound a little more inviting. Um. So yeah, I like this one. I, it's still not my favorite song, but it's a lot. It's a marked improvement over the original uh, studio cut. Right on. How about you, T.Y.? I love every single part of everything that uh, Nate said. And I love everything that Buckles said. I still stand by. I remember um, because I, you know, I'm one of the ones that ranked Brother the highest Mm -hmm. um, when we ranked it initially. Sorry, I didn't mean to try and interrupt you, Buckles, but I was just 
you no, made you, me you think didn't. of something. No, uh, you didn't. You're good. When 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 brother opens and you like you know you really close your eyes and you, and you, you you you're you're feeling that energy that the opening notes that they play on guitar is so clean and it's you're so focused on it and then when he first does the ah and it's bow bow and then you know it's just what a fucking tone setter and yeah. again love it more got to got right. to would you too rank good it? would you rank it 10 man? out of 10 my 10. man how about you buckles uh, i gave it 8.75 uh originally a 6.5 nate Talking on brother, I was the seven point seven five originally, but this one gets beep bopply bopped up to a nine point two five again. Listen here, Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> he brings up that here. phone or whatever. Be little, be little. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was an improvement. What did I give the original? I gave it a seven point two five. I gave it. I gave this one an eight. Um, definitely an improvement. The next track, No Excuses, from Jar of Flies. I, I, I do believe that was a universal favorite when we ranked it last time. It, it got a perfect score, which there's been a couple of those, but one, two, three, four, and five. So out of five perfect scores, here's one of them on the Unplugged. Can there, you know, we've made we've made the notion of could there be a higher score than 10 could could we could we spinal tap this and have it go to 11 um i tried to break the multiverse in metallica and brandon fucking refused as a short answer guys it's not happening well okay i'm just trying to figure out what the hell face you were just making (laughs) (laughs) nate unfortunately pulled the shortest straw because i I wanted to do it for Unforgiven 1. I love that song so much. I think it's beyond a 10. It is a piece of fucking artwork. And uh, this this performance, no excuses already, was a piece of work. A piece of work. A piece of artwork. Uh, this one, also here too as well, the performance is even better. I, I, I love the vibrance of this. This is I love uh, like the... The bongos, yeah. we're playing bongos, so different, and it has a. I, I love the again. I mean, like we we have said it over and over again. The harmonies, the harmonies, and great on this track as well. We're gonna start it off this time with buckles. What do you think about unplugged? No excuses. I'm gonna I'm gonna crash the train right off the bat. Um, I actually rank this one slightly less than the studio cut. So, I mean, only the slightest bit, only the slightest bit, only the slightest bit, and only because something bugged me. And that is, it's a minor quibble. It's minor as hell. By Nate. Nate's dead. I made that. Nate, Nate's Nate. gone. We've I'll lost do, him permanently. Look what you nope. did. I make him walk off of every show. <laughs> Somehow, I make him walk off of every episode. Now, I love No Excuse. It is, it is one of my favorite Allison Chain songs, and I originally gave it a 10. Um, I love the harmony. I love the highlights, the drums, the harmonies here are the best that you're going to get on this, on this recording. Um, the only thing, and it, it bugs me as a drummer and I'm, I'm kind of surprised Nate didn't slightly pick up on it. I'm away for him to sit that back was an down. artistic walk away because uh, it also allowed me to get another snack. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Thought so. Um, 
I'm waiting for him to put the headset on here. Nate, the reason I backed off on it a little bit, the only reason I docked it anything is because, A, I'm judging against something that I consider to be greatness, for one. As a drummer, does it sound like it's sped up to you? The tempo is just slightly up, and it bugs the shit out of me. Like, it feels like it's just... And do you know why I think it is? I mean, there's any number of reasons it could be. Do you, I have a thought, and obviously we don't know this, but is it possible they slightly slowed the album down because it was too fast when they played it live? Could be. It, because well could be. as a drummer, what is your natural inclination is to speed up right, always. Right. So this song, especially, you lose this and get off the train tracks, we got a real problem. So I think at this point in their careers, you know, they could lock in and not worry so much about tempo that they could play it a little bit quicker. No, than, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch. I'm just saying that the only reason I docked anything at all is because it threw me. That little bit was enough. Sure. That I've listened to the original enough that I love the original. I've It's what I'm used to, that that speeding up just threw me just that little bit. That's the only reason I docked anything. Otherwise, no, this is absolutely a 10. <laughs> when you're comparing something to art, you have to be critical. No, I I totally agree. I mean, um, I that was actually one of the things that I was going to bring up. The fact that um, highlights for me the tone of the drums, and I actually like that it's sped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like it it to me it feels a little bit more natural. Let me ask for, you this. Let me ask you again. Did you hear this version before you heard the studio cut? This, uh, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I did. So if, you're, if this is what you were basing it off of, if this is your first experience to it, the other one's going to sound more slowed down. Than this one's that's true. Up. Yeah. So that's the opposite for me. Nate, you got anything? All to right. Say? So. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Buckles, I see where you're coming. I get it. I do. I do. I do understand where he's coming from. But this is that same thing, Brando, we fell into with Metallica. Where. You take greatness, perfection, and you have it on this pedestal. Hey, you can't fuck with this. It's unfuckwithable. But the soul of Alice in Chains, specifically Lane and Jerry sharing this whole moment on stage together, this is where they showed off a little bit. Like, look what we can do. We kept it together. We didn't fall apart as a band. It's a very mm-hmm. complex tune. And as a live performance, it makes it better for me because it's not, hey, these guys were in the studio. Oh, boy, played the drums for 1,978 takes. Lane went in, came in and tried the vocals. It took him about 15 tries. Jerry obviously just smashed it. You know, like, it's none of that. It's here we go. This is our musicianship on the line. And one of our most complex songs. And we did it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is, again, a, a 10 for me because you can't obviously make it 11. We said the rules. So it stays. It maintains its perfection. It is without the loss of its shine. T.Y., what'd you give it, bud? I gave it a 10, too. And I, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I really like what you said there, Nate, because with 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 the tempo speeding up a little bit, with how, how clean the drums sound, to me, it almost felt like, imagine Lane and Jerry and the rest of the gang, like, they met up on the pier and they set their instruments up and they're doing like a jam, a jam thing, you know, 
throw some throw some change in the hat as people walk by and that's what this makes me feel this is what that's what makes me the that's what this makes me think of because it mm-hmm. feels very natural it feels very clean it feels it's entirely possible that like every time they played it live or played it themselves they played it to that tempo yeah it's entirely possible yeah mm-hmm. so 10 out of 10 for me too sorry mm-hmm. I gave it a 10. What did you give it, Buckle, since you are the, the one in dissent? Uh, 9.75. Like I said, I docked right. it just the slightest bit. Again, I think a lot of my... I'm not going to be like too I said, mad at you. My, the way I rank this stuff today isn't... I, I don't look at it as the, that performance in particular. I, mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm comparing it to what came before. I'm comparing the two songs. The next track is um, an interesting song... From Time out real quick because there's one thing we didn't bring up. Oh, okay. So after uh, No Excuses and right before Sludge Factory, uh, the band dis- uh, decides to do a little nod and salute to certain members in the audience and they start jamming on Inner Sandman because Metallica is in the audience. They're in the front row to see their friends Alice in Chains play. And there's also another, there's another nod. In the video to this as well. Well, uh, the bassist, uh, was it Mike Inez? Uh, I believe so. He wrote on his acoustic bass in Sharpie, uh, friends don't let friends get friends haircuts because this was the first public outing in 96 though, of, of the all the of all four members of Metallica with short hair. Yep. You know, Newstead had cut it before, and uh, James had uh, had cut it into a mullet. Now, okay, so here's here's some cool uh, annotations that I'm not sure if we talked about this direct in, in in the Metallica rank. So a little bit of Metallica rank addendum here before we get into the next song. So uh, James had said that they that he had decided to cut it because it had become too hard to maintain his hair. It had become broken, frazzled. Been on the road for three years. Uh, went caught fire a couple times. Caught fi- I yeah, mean, he got caught on fire. As as the resident long hair of the group, I believe him. So now uh, our good buddy Blaine, Dick Blaine Tyner, who is also does uh, some rank them all stuff. He was on the He was on the Metallica episodes as part of the BT BAM. And he's also a part of uh, the Breaking Benjamin set that's coming out soon. He told me something not that long ago uh, with something from Jason Newstead as to why the other band members of Metallica had decided to cut their hair because Newstead had cut his first. In fact, he completely shaved his his head bald. Well, they were on tour and, you know, going to different countries, uh, crossing country lines, airports. It got to a point where Newstead was going through without any problem, just passing right on through, no question. And ev- all the other members, James, Lars, and Kirk, kept getting detained due to their <laughs> looks. And especially Lars, who very mostly... Uh, had partied too much the night before and was either hung over or strung out on whatever uh, drugs he had been taking the night before. So the next day, he looked pretty bad and was feeling pretty bad. And so they were wondering what's up with this guy, especially dealing with international airport security and police. So therefore... Hey, what's up with that guy? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 gonna say, I'm honestly surprised. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? I'm honestly surprised Lars didn't cut his hair because of the receding hairline. Well, you know what? That was probably uh, incoming because uh, now he wears hats when he plays live. So 
be that as it may. Cool little Metallica nod. There's actually another one that got cut from the uh, cut from the performance where I just read it before we went on air. Where there's the Meta- there's the Inner Sandman. Oh, uh, before Angry Chair, which is coming up, uh, Jerry Cantrell p- played the intro to Battery before going into That's the right. Hee yeah. Haw song. but that was uh that was cut um from that so uh the next song was from the previous album the self-titled which uh, go check out that episode if you haven't if this is your first time that got a very interesting uh rank from 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 all of us it it, it's a definite it's a definite uh, introspective and uh this song was sludge factory and it it got a pretty mixed reaction from us. A couple of us ranked it pretty decently. Some of us did not. And I will go first in saying that this performance of Sludge Factory is miles better than what was on the previous album for mm-hmm. multitude of reasons. Number one, the production. The production here sounds way more like Alice in Chains. Maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they wanted the last album to sound a little bit different than what they had done before. They wanted to step out... I will defend that to death. Any band or artist that wants mm-hmm. to do that, do it. That doesn't mean that I'm going to like it. And obviously, I really kind of didn't uh, based on my uh, rank uh, from the last one. Another reason, Lane's voice is not doubled. That yes. is something that bugged Thank me you. so much on the self-titled album. Yes, We were so used to hearing the, uh, the, the harmonies between Lane and Jerry. That is the Alice sound, even to the point right. of when we're going to get to the albums later – Post Lane, some of the things that stay are the harmonies. Even though Lane's not there to harmonize mm-hmm. anymore, unfortunately, you know, they still do it because that's a part of the sound that has still stayed. And uh, so the harmonies here, instead of the double voice, sound better. The, the, the other thing about this song that is way better, it's so much shorter. <laughs> this version yes. is like four minutes in the Good original, seven Lord, minutes yes. or something. It drags on in the original. So therefore, this was a, a very key example of, unfortunately, and now this is, I'm being critical of, of, of the self-titled, what could have been. I feel like it could have been better and obviously... Uh, we, 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 you're not going to hear me. Uh, you are going to hear me maybe repeat that later on with some other songs that maybe from that album with some songs coming up later as well. You know, Metallica did it with a song from Saint Anger. They did, they did, uh, all within my hands, stripped it down, made it acoustic, changed mm-hmm. the song up, and it's way better, much better. Yeah. So, like, it's you, you can, you know what? It sometimes it happens. I'm going to salute them for taking that artistic risk, do your thing. Uh, but they did this song justice here. I'm going to flip it on over, and I'm going to throw it over to T.Y. first. What do you think about this version of Sludge Factory? Hey, uh, I ranked it 7.75 first go-round, mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, just like last time, same thing here. Everything you said, it's like, yep, the, the doubling of the voice. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Like that bothered me so bad. And, and I, okay. So the opening of this song with the acoustic bass and then just Lane coming in real soft and subtle at the beginning makes the hair stand up on my arms. So it's like, okay, that's, that's enough for me. When, when you, when you've got like a, a, an, a physical response 
hey, that's good shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's my caveman way of saying I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, good. It's oh, my caveman good. senses. Uh, we'll go to Buckles next. What do you think, man? Um, I liked it better than the studio cut, which I did not care for at all. I gave it a five our mm-hmm. our last episode. Um, the single track vocals are, again, miles better. The length is miles better. Um, I do notice that, like, Lane's getting a little more range in his vocals uh, throughout this song. Like he gets to uh, flex a little more than he did on the previous two or previous three, rather um, he gets to do a little more of the melismatic, you know, runs through notes and everything that he does very well. Uh, he does start kind of getting a little strainer in the chorus where it gets higher end, which that may have been why they had double tracked it to begin with. But overall the song's less sludge. It's less, I mean, I know it's, I know the song's Sludge Factory, but when the whole album, the whole, like, my issue with the self-title is that so much of it was just drone, sludgy, yeah. mid-tempo. And here, because it's not part of that album where everything is sounding the same, it's it stands out a little bit more, and it does make the song better. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely agree that if this would have been on the self-titled album rather than the studio cut that we got, it would have gotten a higher rank. So, definitely, it's, it's an improvement. Nate man sludge factory is stripped down and raw in this version your weapon is not guilt this time because they don't even bring that into the equation which is nice it does shorten the song quite a bit uh i love specifically the drums in this uh track are just so crisp and locked in and you just catch yourself just in it not necessarily for just the drums but just you can find yourself being locked into that rhythm because it, it it's so perfect. Um, the singing is really nice. This is an opportunity for the most part where Jerry doesn't have to sing. So he's stepped back from the mic, allows his voice to kind of clear up here for a second. You know, obviously Lane has a heavy load, but that's kind of his sole duty of the band is to bring the, the vocals. So this is just where Jerry, who is already so focused on doing a guitar as well as vocals to give himself a little bit of a break. But again, talking about um, the uh, descent and possible um, unintentional telegraphing of the demise of Lane Staley is like in the, within this song, you know, discolored, uh, discolored skin giving you away is talking about this like person who is just flush from drugs and is strung out. And you easily know you're like, that dude's fucked up. I've seen that guy at my job a thousand times fucked up, like not cool, man. But again, within the, the verbiage of the lyrics that they created for this song, it, it it's just hauntingly obvious that something is coming again, retrospectively speaking. All right. Would you give it Nate? Obviously, on the original, I gave it an 8.25. This time, bumped it up decently. Not as big as previous bump-ups on this album. I gave it a 9 solid. All right. Uh, Buckles. I went from a 5 up to a 7. Still not my favorite song, but that's really market improvement. T.Y. I went from a 7.75 to an 8.75. Full point up. I gave it a 6, and I bumped it up to an 8. Um, I definitely enjoyed it way more here uh, mm-hmm. than I did it on the uh, self-titled. The next track, if it were possible to rank its song an 11, and we did that, if, if we would have broken that rule on No Excuses, I would now be 
Um, pitching, I would now be pitching to raise it to a 16. Word. Because down in a hole, unplugged, is probably my favorite Alice in Chains anything. I love it. It is amazing. The soul, the harmonies, and the dual vocals in the bridge. When I listen to this on with headphones, I I tear up. It gives me the caveman goosebumps, and the, I mean the, this is I, I I said it when we ranked it down in the hole before that like it's arguably my my favorite song, and I'm gonna like jerk this song off even more and unplugged. And I, and I am doing that right now. I, and oh, I'm just yeah. working my way down the shaft as we speak, okay? <laughs> this damn song, I absolutely love it. There, uh, There's going to be some similar ranks maybe for some awesome, great songs that have already been ranked high before. This is one of the five perfect scores from before. But even those songs that are to come on this album, I don't think quite match this for me. I absolutely love this performance, and I'm going to shift it on over to Nate and let him go. The emotional. I'm passing the rock. dick to Nate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're all we're all gonna take our turn. I'll guarantee you that. The dick baton has been handed over, huh? <laughs> this is some really elongated foreplay. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- t- taking some comic uh, tones before we get really serious here, because man, uh, again, Lane, bro, just to think that not what a year was it two years a year two years later something like that um it'd be six or is it i think lane died no two which uh if you guys have seen the metallica some kind of monster i don't know if they really talk about it but i want to say lane if lane died while james was going through his rehab i think that's right and that hit james so hard and I mean, I don't really think it gets talked about that much on there, but it was something that hit him really hard in, in, during that because here he is um, approached with James. I'm, I, here's, you know, James is, is dealing with his own demons and uh, he, he was threatened by basically his family being taken away from him. Like, we're going to leave and you're not going to have us anymore. And that was one of his greatest fears is losing because he built his family with his wife and his kids and he's not going to have that anymore. So I got to like, okay, I I am messed up. I got to take care of myself. And here's one of his friends in the music business, somebody that he's traveled the road with. uh, And now he's gone because of his own demons. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that retrospectively James, like that could be me, you know, you know, I could lose my family, but my family could lose me. Well, and then there's an additional uh, piece to that of like survivor's guilt, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Where he's, you know, James probably had some thoughts of like, man, if I would have just tried to reach out to Lane sooner, tried to have him maybe guest spot on a Metallica album to give him some money to get his shit together, whatever it was going to be. You know, obviously there was no solution to what was happening, but just again, the hauntiness of this, uh, there specifically where actually Jerry takes the lead in the bury me softly oh like midway through the song. Oh, oh okay. my so like, fuck. Yes, that that's what I was telling you about. That's the that's the part that really gets me is because you they do such great harmony throughout this album and of course throughout previous albums. But when you 
bury me softly in this womb and then you just hear like the the line they do this call and response thing oh i want to be inside of you like oh man Mm. there's also a super deep harmony in there that's sick as fuck right before they come back to the final chorus yeah uh, yeah i could gush on this i'll I'll, uh i'm gonna toss the dickaton over to uh buckles well um i'm gonna get chased out of here uh i ranked it slightly less again comparatively because of comparing song to song and because the original is one of my favorite tracks so again when you're comparing something to art you have to be critical and I am critical of it because of that. I say that with all the love in the world. I do love this song. I love I this recording. Good day. <laughs> I love this Get recording. Out of here. Yeah, go. But go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll be that guy. I'll take the bullet today. Um, Think of the children. <laughs> I'm the only one here that doesn't have any. goddammit. Think of them. <laughs> no, I refuse. Why are you trying to jerk this dick off with no lube, bro? That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a rash. I'm glad I, we passed know. it to you. Like, okay, hold now, on, hold on, and didn't like result in this. Try to, yeah, yeah, that would have been a nice sad down in a hole. A sad cock, ending, having a sad ending and complete and utter blue balls. Like, sorry, yeah. man. I was like, when Nate <laughs> says he's throwing it to me, I'm going give it to Tyler. Give it to Tyler. Give no, it to Tyler. no, give it to you. We should have gave it to you first. Yeah. I, I like at least. Sorry, like, man. Um, damn it. So just to get through here again. I love this performance. It is fantastic. I can't take nothing away from anything that you guys are saying at all, whatsoever. To me, and again, it comes because I listened to the studio version first, and that's what I'm comparing it to. The studio version is my favorite Alice in Chains recording, period. And to me, the acoustic, it just loses some of the depth to it. I don't know what it is, but it it's... I can listen to the original and feel like I'm in a grave that is being rained on while someone's throwing dirt in my face. Is it it, this? It it, again, I'm going to, I used the phrase warm earlier, the tone. It doesn't come off as I hate to say it's not as depressing. Well, is it because the drums and the bass aren't featured as heavily? It could be the first half of the song. It could very well be. Um, and it, I, I could very well be biased because of how much I've listened to the studio versus this. That my natural inclination when I think of this song is not to think of this version, it's to think of the studio one. And as much as I do enjoy this, and I again, I don't mean to rain on any of this. I love this song. I love this recording of it. It's just, it comes off to me as a different version of it. And I still I prefer the original. Um it there's a menace there there's this is gonna be true for a couple songs coming up here as well there is a menace there is a underlying darkness to these studio recordings that a little more depth to it that for some reason feels lost to me here and that's not necessarily a bad thing but it to me it makes it feel lesser to me hmm Again, to take nothing away from Brando, I absolutely appreciate it. this is one of the best, the, your favorite songs. I can understand why. I feel Easily. like I, I feel like it's more raw here, and that to it, me is why it's it is more depressing to me because it will be because it is so like 
it with, just feels like to me it's it's lacking something and i i cannot put my finger on it well, well there's something it, something missing from the sound of it, it is it lacking production? Yes, but I al- I almost feel like that's a good thing because this performance mm-hmm. is so raw. I hear the pain in the voice in both. Like the, the like like this is probably. I mean, and, and we got some great songs coming up that are great too. Right. But like this might be like the best vocal performance from both of them. Oh. Um, even in my notes here that I've got the, the, especially the chorus harmony is spot on perfect. Like cannot be better. Like I, I, I cannot, I, you know, I'm almost second guessing what I'm writing here, but like just gut reaction to it. If you put a gun to my head, tell me to listen to one of the two of them. I'm listening to the studio cut. And that that's, that's the last thing I can say. It's the only thing I can say. T.Y.? Can you fix this flaccidness? <laughs> yeah, let me. Uh, hold on, I'll spit on it. We I'll just her, all walk, we all all walked away up. for a goddamn sandwich in the middle of it for some reason. <laughs> but uh, obviously, some a mid-coitus snack. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you need that mid-coitus refresher. Just, uh, I mean, sometimes it gets hot and sweaty, and you need some. Look, cherry hey, Pepsi. Baby, I'll be right better. back. Let me get a drink mm. of tea. <laughs> like right. you took a real drink. I took a real drink of my tea here. So, God, what a! I mean, this is this is a legitimate, and I and I'm referring to the studio version here. And this is a legitimate, timeless classic, right? Like this is a song that when somebody opens up a time capsule, it's going to be like, hey, through this period of time, we had this stuff called grunge, and if you really want to check out some grunge, like here, and it's going to be down in a hole, and. Yeah. I think personally buckles that thing that you're saying that is just missing. It is the visual aspect of this performance specifically because um, I was sorry, my screen got real bright here, but I was kind of going through some uh, of the uh, video of the performance and when they get to this point in the set list, you know, Nate Lane's taking his sunglasses off at this point and, you know, he's just kind of sitting, you know, on the on the the stool and he's got his hands in his lap and he's he's not he's just, you know, he's just kind of there. But then once once he gets going in this song, you can feel him. You can see him. His body relaxes a little bit and he just lets it out. And when he does, there's a portion maybe a minute and a half in when he starts, you know, going through the first chorus and he's sitting and his eyes are barely open and it looks like he's about ready to fall off of the chair. Mm -hmm. So just, just like watching. And there's a, there's a certain couple camera angles that they go through throughout the performance, especially in this song where lane is at the forefront, but they're off to the side enough that you can see Jerry you know, and he's jamming, he's having a good time. But when Lane gets to those points in the song, you can actually see Jerry look at him. And, you know, obviously, I don't think that it's like, oh, shit, is he okay? But it's just, you've got, in my opinion, one of the greatest musicians of all time, almost like pausing during the performance to recognize what's going on to the right of him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
to me, this is absolute magic. And I think ultimately with this and the original, you have to appreciate both for what they are. But to me, it's it's 10 out of 10 all over again. Also a 10 from Nate. I can't not. I mean, listen, it was already perfect. It stays perfect. It maintains its perfectness. Um, yeah. Ty, did I hear that correct? And you and you kept it a ten. I did keep okay. it a ten. I Sorry. kept it a ten as well. Buckles, this is where we decide how Sorry, far man. how far to throw you off the ship. Are we just gonna like let you dip your toe in and maybe just push you in and we'll get you back out, or are we just gonna leave you on the island? Like, yeah, like, are are you about to Jackson Jack Sparrow yourself? Well said. I mean, <laughs> how many songs are left on the album? We got quite a Many. few. <laughs> Let's not uh, don't don't blow your load just yet. Wow, <laughs> wow, a load joke. After we said friends don't let friends get friends haircuts. Wow, yeah. and and the fact that we were oh, oh, okay, off a hold metaphorical on. Yeah, penis. Nate, and... Yeah, Nate, that wasn't that wasn't meant as a Metallica reference. That was meant as the the complete another dick joke that this has become. <laughs> no, um, I. I'm going to preface the rest of this review by saying that I, as good as this album is, I still think that uh, I, I was more generous to dirt than everybody else on the, on the, on the panel. And that still stands. Um, when I listen to Alice in Chains, it's not this album. I listen to dirt first and foremost, and that, that will show through um, not to take anything away from this because I do that. I, this is to me, one of the best acoustic albums of all time. Hell yeah. But again, I'm going to be, if you, you can't have perfection without criticism, you cannot have perfection without criticism. And if you think something's already perfect, then you, you look at the second one, it has to measure up to the criteria. And if I rank something a 10 ahead of time, then it has to measure up to be a 10 again. And if I find something that's not, you know, that takes it off to me, then I have to do that. That's not saying that, that some of this stuff isn't going to be better either, but just preferencing. What'd you rank it? Nine seven five. Oh, see, you got all you got all doom and gloom. I I I, like I kept saying I love the track, I love the song, I love the recording. It's just not my favorite. See, my sarcastic ass. If I would have been in Buckles' predicament of lowering a score, would have been like, all right, I'm giving it a nine point (laughs) nine (laughs) nine. You know, like close enough. I, I will say that I do have a song on this album that I raised to a 10. Okay. So, well, that it, if he would have said all that and then said 9.99, I would have left the screen and you, all you would have seen is my angry chair, which it is the been, song uh, that is next. <laughs> it would have been spinning just I would have in said complete that, anger. Brando has gone back to his home planet, was never heard from again. Never. They poochied him. No. Nope. God, can I go back to my home planet and never be heard from again? <laughs> that sounds like something that I would also like to do. Angry Chair was cut from the MTV broadcast, but now, I mean, obviously included, uh, which is one of three songs cut from the broadcast. Uh, we'll talk about those when we get there as well. Angry Chair. Um, what did I rank? Angry chair, the angriest of chairs. Okay, a, a, a pretty good modest rank there. Uh, angry chair, also uh, from Dirt. I, I, I want to say, I think I remember saying it that like I like Angry Chair, but like there were so many good songs already 
that this one kind of gets kind of lost in the pack a little bit with all those other with, the, with, the, with just just the sheer greatness of some of the great songs that are on Dirt. Not that that it's a bad song by any means, but a pretty good a pretty good performance here from uh, from Angry Cheer for me. I definitely uh, did like it, uh, but also uh, I. This is the one of the first ones here that I, I don't feel like it moved any for me. Uh, I think it stayed right where I ranked mm-hmm. it before. And that's not a bad thing because I didn't give it a bad rank uh, last time. Uh, who wants to go first for Angry Chair? I don't know who's next. Okay, let, let, me, let me just go ahead. And, oh, uh, oh, 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 Buckles, say, Buckles. Let me, let, me go ahead, let me go ahead and shoot the, shoot the messenger ahead of time. This is another 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.25 drop for me. Just I gave it a 9. I gave it uh, went from a 9 to an 8.75 for me. Um and I can actually pinpoint a couple things on here. This song is not, it's, it's so much more menacing in the studio cut. It, it loses just a little bit of that, that I'm like, hmm. menace is right, yeah. kind of the right word for it. Mm-hmm. Specifically that, uh, that twang, um, that don't, that it doesn't come across as well without, with the acoustic. It just, it doesn't have that same umph to it. And there's a, there's, You'll come there. There'll be a couple other songs like that. It just loses a little bit of punch, and loses a little bit of, of the the menace that made the original so much better. But again, it's still a fantastic song. Um, the solo in particular on this is really cool. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to go ahead and get, get mine out of the way, so I'm not blowing everybody else again. All right, uh, Ty. Well, I guess we'll just let you go next. Yeah, I. So here we are again. Uh, I ranked this one a nine five initially um, for the original version. Um, in my notes, uh, going through my notes here, I really, really, really liked the bass acoustic um, throughout this. It's just it's so clean, and I appreciate. I I totally agree with what you were saying, Buckles, mm-hmm. about it not being as menacing. To me, it's it's obviously not as like um. It's not loud. It's not going through an entire vocal and, and, right. and, and acoustic range at all times. But that's why I appreciate this one because it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else. Yeah, that's that's I just really, really, really liked uh, the bass notes throughout. And then. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Sorry, trying to read. So a couple things, actually, if we're talking about songs that have tempo adjustments, I feel Angry Chair slightly faster in this Mm -hmm. version. Yeah, a pinch. I feel like Buckles, I vibe exactly what you're saying about the menacingness not being as Mm -hmm. there in this cut. And it's really interesting because it has this drop point where you're like, it's the same song, but I don't I'm not connecting to it the same. And I, I can recognize that. And yeah. I'm like, not mad at it, but what is happening? And then they do weird things like hit this fucking perfect harmony that is so powerful. You're just like, Whoa. I, it's OK, maybe if it's fed up a little bit, because that harmony was so fucking good. They didn't even do that on the album is good. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It sounds good, but it's like to hear them do it raw like that with no safety net of like auto tune and shit back then, like. It's fucking impressive. Okay. So like my brain keeps shifting back and forth. And I think I ultimately end up, this is going to be the smallest adjustment in the entirety for me because it does move up a little bit because I love the rawness of this. And I like that. Um, 
it just builds more to them them really saying hey if we're gonna say goodbye to lane without even knowing it like we're gonna play some of our best best shit and uh, i gave angry chair a slight bump of 9.50 instead of a 9.25 like last time so a 0.25 increase ty what did you give it i gave it a 10 a 10 for angry chair I remember what I was going to say towards the end there. The last, thank you, Nate, for jogging my memory. The last minute and a half of that song, the the vocal harmonies are on point. The guitar's sounding good. You can definitely tell in that last little bit that the tempo is sped up, and it's just so clean that, like, the, the last minute and a half of that song is probably my favorite part of the song. Once they start doing like the lost my mind, yeah, I can't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Harmonies, yeah. bro. There's nothing better in the song. Yeah, dude. So good. Uh, I gave it 10 out of 10. Sorry if I didn't say that. Buckles, you gave it an 8.75. That's correct. I I left it right at my original score at, at as an eight. I, I didn't dislike it, uh, but I really couldn't find anything about it that I mm-hmm. felt like was uh improved. Um the next song is one of the biggest songs in Alice in Chains discography. It's one of their biggest singles, one of their biggest hits. And um I was kind of surprised to see a couple of their hits gone like missing from the set list, but if they would have omitted this, I think people would have rioted. Uh right. simply due to its tone, due to its nature that it like it's it, it it's made to to be performed in this setting. Uh and of course we're talking about Rooster. Uh, Rooster is one of is one of the five perfect scores, um, which as of yet none of those five none of those perfect scores from before have remained perfect scores. Buckles, uh, so, <laughs> so we'll see. we will see if um, if that holds true with Rooster. I thought this is a really good performance of Rooster. Um, it, it, this is maybe the one song uh, that I could understand why it might be. Lowered a bit because that original recording of Rooster has such a impact and vibe um, that this is definitely going to have a different feel to it. But that's kind of the point is to kind of have a different version of it here. I kept my ranking the same. I kept it a 10. Uh, but this time we will start with Nate. What did you think about the Unplugged Rooster? It's my favorite. <laughs> it, it's literally... <laughs> What happened? Well, I'm just the, fr- the phrase the unplugged, unplugged rooster. rooster. I'm just I'm thinking that is a band name for uh, for Nick Maxson for his list of band names. <laughs> I love also, it, the unplugged rooster. But also, like, like this is just like all the dick jokes we've been making, and like, That's... like I got teed up to make one, and I, I maybe I made one with the unplugged uh, rooster. I, you know, I'm gonna say it sounds like a sex toy. Okay. The unplugged rooster. Okay. Uh, well, caca away, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, arguably, my favorite version of any Alice in Chains song all time. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is that whole like, hey, you set the benchmark, but a mixture of emotion in Lane's voice with the powerfulness of them being able to still listen. It's not easy to strain your voice like he's straining there in the song. And this deep in the set list is like perfect. He's lo- he's good and like loosened up and can just project brilliantly. But like he's doing little voice flourishes that aren't aren't necessarily in the recording. But also one thing that doesn't get talked about is like 
the bass player fucking murders on this track, yo. Mm-hmm. He takes lines that are actually the guitar line that would not have been there. And I know this. He improv that shit because when he plays it, look at them. I'll look at him like, hey, whoa, that was cool. And he's just like, yeah, I just did that. That was fucking awesome. You didn't <laughs> know that was coming, did you? And it's like it just makes it for me. There's just so much impactfulness. I, I think the drums are spot on for what they're doing. Uh I like the acoustic solo, even though it's not as piercing, maybe, and as pure as the recorded version. Just him, them still nailing that solo is like, fuck yeah, bring your shit. Like, there's, I, I'm going to sit and gush all day if I don't stop. So I'll just hand it down one square to TY and bestow upon him the goldness. And I, I tell you what, it's funny, uh, just as we were kind of getting prepped here, uh, I had the unplugged uh, video pulled up of that. And I was listening to it and it was right in the moment. And you can see the camera pan and Cantrell looks back and he's like, yeah, like, nice, dude. It's so it's so genuine and it's so it's so perfect that when you hear it for the first time and you recognize it and then you see it. And then that just the fact that everybody else is into it. Love it. Um, Super good vibes from that. But there's right. Uh, let me see here right where I'm at. If you go like a minute and 40 seconds into the song, basically as Lane and, and the rest of the guys are opening it up, you know, he's doing his hands are in his lap again. He's looking straight down at the ground. You know, his eyes are basically closed. And then as he goes, as he, as he goes to get ready and let it out, you see him look straight up at the camera. And then that's like the first time that he actually looks out at the crowd and then he just fucking lets it out. He just lets it go. And it's, I mean, same thing. Caveman emotions tell me the chills down my back is good. So, um, you know, ain't no changing from, from, uh, this perspective. Buckles. I'm kind of of two minds on this. Honestly, I, this was one I really struggled with because, I really like the bluesier tone that the acoustic gives it. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels a little more appropriate in spots. Like this seems like if this had been written as a blues song, it wouldn't have been that out of place. But at the same time, the heavier moments on this, like, like they come to snuff the rooster, you hear that huge guitar hit that's lacking. Like it loses a lot of punch and a lot of momentum that the studio one has because it's so much heavier. So I, I honestly can't decide which of the two versions I liked more. Um, I did knock it down a little bit because of that lack of punch, because that's probably my favorite parts of the song is that where it really comes all like the whole heaviness comes crashing in during that, the right before the, where, you know, he ain't going to die that real, I mean, heavy guitar hit. The fact that that's missing is one of my favorite parts of the song. So I'm kind of a little of two minds about that. Um, it is still a really cool performance. The one thing I I loved about Cantrell in this is that he throws a lot more riffing in this than he does in the original version. Mm-hmm. Like during the verses, he's just noodling and shit on it. And that's what gives it that more bluesy tone. And you can tell he's enjoying it for a song he wrote. That he's enjoying playing this, this version a little bit more, maybe. Um, so I did dock it a little bit, but not a whole hell of a lot. It's still an excellent song. God, it's so clean. It is. And, you know, partially that's some of my issues with the 
with this is that I don't think of Allison Chains ever being clean. Yeah, that's true. And, and like again, that's my love of dirt coming through and how just crunchy and and dirty that dirty. Yeah. <laughs> that that is that this clean tone is kind of a it's a departure for me. So what did you rank it, Buckles? I still gave it a nine. Like I mean it's still a fantastic song and I and I do really like that bluesier quality to it, but it's just it's missing a little something to me. T.Y., did you keep that a 10? I absolutely did, my man. Nate, Nate gave it a 10. Hey, I, also, same. I also kept that a 10. Uh, the next track, Got Me Wrong from Sap. Got Me Wrong. Uh, this was another interesting little uh, choice uh, to put on here. And uh, what did I rank Got Me Wrong? really weird ranking for me and I'd have to go back see this is where it is a bit uh, of a downer you know we do release these uh, as the season is completed I guess uh, as we're done with the episodes but that's not always how it's recorded so sometimes I forget what I have said in the past and my right. ranking for this one was 7.4 so why did I give it that that is un- as out of character for me I don't I'm not pulling Nates. Maybe I maybe it was a joke. Maybe it was like, you know what, I gave it a seven point five, but just to screw with Nate, I'll make it a four. Uh, I think you did do that, actually. I, I think that sounds right, actually. Yeah, okay. I, I honestly do think that's what you did. Okay. Well the, well this one Mystery a, Solved. Mystery solved. I uh, it, it did get a little bit of a boost for me. Uh but uh but I don't really have much to say about it. So uh does anybody have anything notable to say about Got Me Wrong? Uh TY, we'll start with you. I really, <coughs> pardon me. So looking back at my rankings, I ranked it an eight and a half the first go round. Um, I lost my notes for uh, when we did sap. So I don't, I don't really know off the top of my head. I don't know necessarily why I ranked it so harshly because I really, really, really like this version. It feels very, um, very bluesy, very uh, like, hey, let's sit down and we're just going to jam for a little bit. Um, I love it when almost a minute again, when they go into the first car- chorus and Lane and Jerry do that first harmony together. And then at the end of it, um, just just how Lane carries wrong out I, I, don't, I don't know there's just something about it that i really really dig right on uh we'll go with uh buckles next and then nate um so this is a, a unique twist for me and that this is this version of the song this version of got me wrong is actually the first one i heard i heard this before i heard sap so my initial exposure to the song was through this recording mm. i love this I, this is honestly, I really enjoy this. And going back and listening to Sap again, I enjoyed the studio more than I thought I would, having liked this one a lot more. Um, this, I think, is really perfectly suited for the acoustic, more than any of the other. Like, you can talk about No Excuses, you can talk about Nutshell, uh, We'll Get to Heaven Beside You, that were written as acoustic. And this one wasn't. This one was, well, to my knowledge, was the studio track that got taken to an acoustic like Rooster, like Angry Cherub before it. This is the best transfer over to me. Like, this is 
to me, I could, if you told me this was written as acoustic originally, I'd buy that. And it, I mean, it keeps a lot of the menace that the original version has. I, I noticed that the studio version is a little more bass forward while this is a little more guitar forward. Um, I really love the bass in the studio. I really like the guitar in this a lot more. I, to me, this is the first one I really ranked upwards. Like I know I gave Sludge Factory a better score. This is the first one that I went from uh, the original studio track being, I kind of like this. I, it's a pretty cool song too. I really like this a lot. So this is actually the, this is probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Nate. Man, Lane opens his fucking throat up huge in this song. He is Tyler, reaching for the <laughs> highest harmonies with that scream voice that he is nailing. And it's beautiful because there's certain spots that, again, they do this baton trade off where it'll sound like Jerry has taken the high harmony. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, hold on. No, that was Lane. Cause here's this deep harmony that Jerry does that Lane can't quite hit the same. And you're like, Whoa, they are so versatile with their voices in those moments. You're, I mean, the, the trade-off of the vocals, the, the guitar riffing, uh, I might've said this in the first one we did, when we did sap originally as, or, uh, it was just like, um, Hey, uh, three doors down. Why did you knock off this song so much? Because uh, it's definitely like Loser. They stole this riff from for to make Loser. It's very similar. Um, and I just think that they again they smash it on this song. It's a a good showing again of their like, hey, this is a song we're comfortable with. We've been playing it probably more than any of the other songs in our entire set list, or you know at least we try to. Um, and this is us able to really fully flesh that idea out. Cause you got to think sometimes when you're at a festival show or whatever, something like this is not going to get the same kind of reaction as some of their other hits. So they probably wanted this to be like, Hey, we can really shine this up and show people what this song does. And then people are like, Hey, that's really, really fucking great there. That what you've just done more, please. You got to remember that this came off a set. This came off an EP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This wasn't a full release either. Yeah which in and of itself is amazing. Yep. Mm -hmm. But uh, I bumped it. It's a 9.75 for me. Wow. Near perfect. And T.Y., what'd you give it? 9.75. I love that you you paused and still got caught. (laughs) 9.75. Gotcha. Can I get nine point seven or T Y? Ten four. I went from I went from an eight point five on the studio to a full ten. I love this. This is my favorite recording on the album. <sighs> um, it, it it did get a bump from me. As I said, I gave it a seven point four when y'all gave it eight point fives, and I gave it. I an- brought it up to seven point four two. I gotta think this is this Nate. You always give the weird. You always give the weird number. So I gotta think that's a response to you. It, to go it, back and listen. It it must be something going on here. Maybe I felt like it was just it was not just a full point under what you guys thought. Maybe I thought it was just like a smidget under a skosh. But uh, skosh. Um, I did bring it up to a full eight. Hell yeah! Uh, I did enjoy it. The next track, uh, one of the singles from the last album, one one of the more like attractive songs from the last album, Heaven Beside You. But even as I said, and, and I do remember saying this, like. Man, I want to like the song more than what I do, and I don't know if it's like just the 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 lyrics. It, it, it's being just a little bit uncreative for me. 
Um, and, and just maybe it's like, even though I was critical of the tone of the record, this is the one song in the record that it like kind of like is weirdly, like, even though it's nicer to the ears, it's like, it doesn't belong. Um, in that group. Uh, I, I liked it a lot more here. Uh, a little bit more upbeat, uh, definitely like more of the, uh, no excuses upbeat. I mean, maybe a little bit faster and, and I liked it for it. Uh, I definitely ranked it a little bit higher and, uh, I'm going to pass it on over uh, to Nate first and let him go first. And I'm going to take uh, just a few mementos and I'll be back momentarily before we give the ranks. Okay. So heaven beside you on this uh, album again, kind of signifies that move to uh, taking something that's nearly perfect and just finding a way to make it a little bit better because this song, honestly on the recording has a lot of opportunity to where you think translating it live is going to um, what's the word I'm looking for. It's going to fall apart as it were. There's a lot of harmony changes and a lot of baton passing off of the vocals. Cantrell leads it in some spots, lane leads it in some spots. And um, then you got the major breakdown where they still nail that heaviness with it still being acoustic. So it's like, you can't even like, how did they still find a way to capture that anger and aggression without there being that, just that chunk you know so for me this song um really was very just again it's a banger man they just don't do it bad they do not do it bad um i also don't don't laugh at me did either y'all ever play like the the cheeto game on like i think it was like super nintendo or whatever like he was on a I hot rod. I didn't have a Super yeah. Nintendo, so that one's kind of lost on me. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, Buckles. Uh, sorry, t- Tyler's, Tyler's nodding. So I think I know. T- sorry to exclude you, Buckles. Ty and I are about to have a little chat. That's fine. But the That's um, fine. but the fucking okay. So in heaven beside you, in the very beginning, there's a and I swear to God, that was like from the it's fucking in the background. It's in the Cheetos game, bro. For sure. They took it from it. And I've always been like, where's that from? And it finally clicked. I was like, oh, that's where it comes from. Brilliant. But yeah, Damn um, that's game. that's my vibes. I'll pass it over to who wants it next. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Oh, Buckles. Will take it. Oh, Buckles um, was quick on the just, draw. Just because actually you just brought me to a point that I really liked and that I mentioned Cheetos? in. Yes, I love Cheetos. Yes. Um the when I made my notes for Angry Chair, I mentioned that twang wasn't quite as menacing. It didn't seem right. They do a similar twang in Heaven Beside You, and it hits perfectly. But again, I think Nate, the reason that they're able to to translate this one over really well, I feel like this was written as an acoustic originally. They may have done extra in the studio with it, but this feels like this was written as an acoustic song. They may have added stuff to it afterwards, but the, at its heart, it's still acoustic. Yeah, it's it just, did feel very natural this you can tell it's acoustic based like um it does feel slightly sped up a little bit but not noticeably so like Mm-mm. like like i noticed it and then like okay maybe i'm thinking a little about it too much so i just kind of wrote it off um i do love jerry getting the uh vocal spotlight a little bit more in this <sighs> because i mean he's a good singer in his own right he just kind of gets overshadowed a lot of times because lane is so good um the yeah this one to me and i can hear that that da, 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 i love that little bit that little not even a riff it's just like a little new one thrown in but this one to me maintains everything that the studio album was and honestly that's was the only song i really enjoyed off of the self-titled album 
So it keeps a lot of that intact. All right, T.Y., my man, what were your thoughts on this version of Heaven Beside You? You know, I, I, uh, I'm I, the echo chamber here. I agree with uh, pretty much everything you guys have said so far. Uh, I ranked the original pretty high. It was a nine, um, the first go around. Um, Buckles just said something that's the biggest thing for me is I love that Cantrell got the vocal spotlight here mm-hmm. because from the beginning of the song to the end of the song, you know, obviously, like Nate said, there's there's parts in the song where they kind of trade off back and forth. But for the majority of the time, uh, Jerry's leading the show. And I feel like and and it's it's part of, I guess, what we'll get into as we get into Allison Chain's uh, circa now is I had a I had an, a problem for a long time when it was just Jerry. Um. Yeah. Because to me, especially when I first got into House of Chains, you know, Lane, Lane's what drew me in. And then I fell in love with the harmonies afterwards. Well, once you lose Lane, and, and obviously we talked about it earlier that the harmonies come back. But it's like, man, it, I had such a hard time. Uh, and it's not fair because here is a perfect example of why it's so great. Because... I mean, you hit the nail on the head. He's a phenomenal, not, he's not just a phenomenal musician. Uh, the, the guy can sing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, thankfully I don't have yeah. to be so uber critical now and like, I can rank I, it very highly. Anybody that listens to Alice in Chains, I'd highly recommend that you go check out Cantrell's solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Degradation sure. is a fantastic yeah. album. It's, yeah. Big fan. You, you really finally get the sense that Lane's not the only one going through horrific depression through the entire thing. Because, again, Degradation Trip is heavy. It's mm-hmm. dark as shit. But you really get a sense that, like, everybody thinks of Staley when they think of Alice in Chains. And rightfully so. Right. Because, I, I mean, I hate to make the comparison, but it's similar to listening to Nirvana and everybody thinks of Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first name you associate it with. Right. But Jerry is like I noticed it more coming back to doing these rankings. How many of these that Jerry wrote, mm-hmm. and that so many of the songs that I really enjoyed were the ones that he wrote as well. Right, for sure. So this it's nice to see him finally get his roses as well. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, totally agree. All right, guys, thank you for covering. Uh, do are we ready for the for the rank, sir? We're we literally perfectly so, timed yeah. it. Right. Perfectly awesome. timed it. Brando. Awesome. Had to go and do the dual podcast host and had to do the hot tag to help out with some bedtime. That way one parent isn't having to uh, wrangle a uh, family circus toddler. and then, As well as put another one to bed. Well, we'll put both of them to bed, one after another. And then the other one, who isn't a family circus toddler, but, you know, kind of like, I don't know. If things don't go certain ways, things don't end up being perfect so here we are we're going to give the ranks i will go ahead and go first since i kind of gave my thoughts first i gave heaven beside you an 8.75 i bumped it up almost a full point thought this was a much better uh rendition i missed what you guys said i'll have to catch it back on the replay uh but uh nate what did you rank it uh so on the initial rank i gave it a nine uh we gushed about heaven beside you while you were gone just so you know a lot of good things said, but I'm going to bump this up to a 9.75. It was near perfect, definitely. Uh, T.Y., what'd you give it, bud? You know, uh, Nate and Alex and I, we all pretty much said 75% of the same shit. 
All right. So, uh, <laughs> I started at a nine. I'm also going to bump mine up to 9.75. There's just, and I don't, and, and, and here's the sad thing. I don't know necessarily what that little, what that little zhuzh is that would bring it up to a 10. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily put my finger on what that is, but I can say that it's not there. So that's why I didn't bump it up the full point. I can actually say one thing that it is for me that makes it from being a perfect. Well, maybe it'll make sense for me. Uh, It's actually not to not to shit on the roses that were just given to Jerry. But um, for some reason, hell within the way he delivers that line. It's a really low kind of lackluster. Like he's not really trying to do it as like as deep in hell within like a sultry you know he's maybe trying to find that sultriness but it's not translating on the mic well okay. it's, it's i can point pinpoint exactly what you're saying it's flat he's flat and yep. that's the really it's as someone who has a lower voice when i'm singing uh, it's hard to go down a step it's hard to have an, a harmony where you're going you're descending you're already at a low end register that's flat that's flat out what it is hmm. um I uh, I actually ranked this as a nine point five. I had the original rank for the studios a nine five. I kept it at a nine five because it's every bit as good as the original. Yeah, see, and I think that's totally yeah. fair. Okay, I have to ask something really quickly. Did we all is, just die? Is that, well, no. Is that Ruby or is that uh, Juno or is that uh, Brando? Is that one of yours running around? I can hear somebody in the background. I hear it too. Well, initially, oh, it's probably it's my kids screaming in the other room. I hate to say this because I keep looking over and thinking it was my dog whining at me because I guess my hearing is that bad at times. Mm-hmm. Where I, I'm like, I couldn't tell if I was hearing somebody in the ear of the headphones or hearing something outside of the headphones. Unfortunately, I feel like one of mine is throwing a fit because I'm hearing stomping and door slammings. <laughs> so, okay, I'm not hearing that. I'm getting high end something. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? It's pretty much screaming at all times. So. <laughs> Like right. I, it just she she just never stops. Well, and if you could screams in the morning, if you could find <laughs> if you could find a solution for the screams, because the youngest one of mine screams also, and it's just starting to say words. Um, and his favorite is yeah. one right now is no, which is his favorite. <laughs> oh, one. Uh, I mean, Juno's uh, is go go. Okay, she'll she'll. She'll run up to you and just go, go. And it's like, Wait, you mean, you mean not, you want me, you you want not, me to like, go? And she'll be like, no. And it'll be like, you want you to go? And she, no. What? You mean what not unlike you, you're all yelling at me not 20 minutes ago? <laughs> if I could tell you what my kid is saying. I'm pretty sure that point and go. If I could tell you what my kid is saying and what he wants, I certainly would. And that's the name of the next song, would. Uh, one of the yeah. biggest. Uh, an- well another, done. Well done. Another big, hey, you know what? Segways are part of my specialty. Um, but uh, <laughs> another one from Dirt here. Woods a great song. We gushed about it on the on the original rank. Um, uh, this is one of the perfect tens. I'm 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 I'm, I'm anxious to see whether or not it that, that that it keeps it because it did for me. I, I love the performance here. I, I thought it was great, and uh, I'm a pass the baton over to Tyler. What'd you think about wood here? Man, I loved it too. And this actually might be my favorite version. Um, I like, again, I like how the intro of this song is kind of uh, extended a little bit. And then it's mostly in. 
instrumental. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of worried, especially when I went to listen back about how the baseline would be featured, you know, because that's such a um, important aspect of the original version of the song. And it's different. It's different for sure. But I think it's similar enough that I don't really need to worry about that aspect working or not. Um, but the moment that Lane goes in, he just goes in and it's maximum emotion for the rest of the song. I like how he's really stretching his range mm -hmm. in certain aspects. And then when he does the the super high, you know, his absolute highest note that he can do, uh, there's kind of a little bit of humor with it sometimes at the end because he's, you know, I mean, he's really stretching it out. So one one of my absolute sorry, just had a kid scream. One of my absolute favorite uh, songs on this album, one of my absolute favorite versions of a song of all time. Buckles. So this is a 10 from everybody originally, right? Mm -hmm. I believe so. What, why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, actually, uh, this is fantastic. I, I love this. Um, my first note for this is that fucking bass, though. Yeah. Uh, the, like that, you, you hit it very well, uh, Tyler, that the bass line from this song is iconic. Like yeah. that is that baseline is something that you say Allison Chains people think of the bass lift to to wood, uh, the drums, everything on there. The studio recording is spot on. The acoustic version hits every note, pitch mm -hmm. fucking perfect. Um, it is you hit it very well again with Lane's vocals. This is the best high end on the album for him, um, and he really does get to stretch out and put a lot of that the vocal fry into that high end, which he doesn't do on a lot of the other songs, especially the choices for this album. Um, the harmony works beautifully. The menace that you get from the, the studio cuts fully intact. Like everything about this hits perfectly um, to the extent where like, yes, the original is a studio recorded on electric instruments. But if mm -hmm. you had told me that this was written as an acoustic and this was the original version, wouldn't doubt it. It is perfectly translated over and you get the same vibe from the song now as you do listen to the studio. And that's the highest compliment I can give. I've said, you know, time and time again, when you're listening to something you rank as perfection, you have to be critical of it. This measures up. This is the first one that absolutely measures up to being that 10 out of 10 to me. Right on my man. And Nate, focus on lane specifically in this song because you guys have definitely hit on the amazingness of the baseline the menacingness of the overall tone of the song that they still were able to maintain throughout for this tune there are two things two minutes and two seconds well okay this is really the second chorus that they do lane takes some integrity like artistic integrity like uh um what sort i'm looking for he makes artistic liberties liberties there you, there you go that's the word i'm looking for he takes some liberties with the music and he does a different like lower thing for a second and then at the end of that at like two minutes and two seconds he does like a michael jackson <laughs> really yeah, super super high right like that insaneness but he there's one there's one thing i might ruin for you guys because no one said it i'm gonna i'm gonna point out the one thing that is super glaringly obvious this is the only track on the entire album 
where they have some sort of effect on Lane's voice. And it's a phaser. No, it's not. That I have heard so far. Yeah, there, but there's a very subtle. It's not like a heavy effect. It's not something that's. Um, well, I'm not saying there's no effect. I'm saying it's not the only time on the album. Oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. But like in this, there specifically is just a very light phaser. And you Where can at? tell it throughout the whole entire song in his voice, because it's... in the choruses, when you listen, they're not as sharp. They have this pan thing that kind of happens as he goes there's into a little, them. There's a little reverb added to it. Just yeah. a slight bit of reverb to it. Although I will say that that may be his voice because he's throwing more, he throws more vocal fry into that, this, into this vocal than he does anything else on the album. So that you really true. don't, you don't get that sense anyplace else here that, or you don't get any place else on this recording, this session than you do here. So that may just be the way his, his vocals work. I, I could be completely wrong. No, I, I I do I do agree in some in some form. It's one of those things like we can't know because we weren't obviously there in the moment. Right. Yeah, but right. I was when going listening back and listening to it with headphones, like... like you definitely can hear there is some subtle something that's happening. Mm-hmm. That's whether it's a phaser, a chorus, and a, there's some sort of effect that is adding to the thickness of his voice. I was just going to point out that the very next track on Frogs, he's singing into a completely different microphone. Mm-hmm. Like he is singing into a talk box for part. Well, of yeah, clearly, because that's the effect for the song. But right. um, we probably got to do this part where we break the rakes down. Uh. Yep. Yep. What'd you give it, bud? Ten. ten. I gave it a ten as well. Ty, did you keep it ten? Tanner, bud. Tanner, and bud. Buckles. I assume. Did you break? <laughs> yes, with I us? gave it. No, I gave it a ten. All right. I All gave right. it a ten. We did get one. All right, we got one. <laughs> we got one. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, but the next track is definitely a head scratcher because because of, of the selection. We we were pretty harsh on this song on the last album. This song is called Frogs. This is the song that was cut from the MTV uh, airing of Unplugged. Frogs was on the self titled, uh, and I gave it the highest rank out of all of us. I gave it a six point two five. Do you believe Buckles gave it a two? That's correct. Uh, Ty gave it a three point five. Three point five. Yep. And Nate gave it a four point four five. I will say, I wouldn't have picked this one. I think they did so because they wanted to kind of give some of the last album they did a little bit of love, and they picked some. Yep. Is you know that's, some that's, some stuff off yeah. of there. Um. However, I gave it a six point two five. And just like I said about Sludge Factory with the production values, the no doubling of the voice, um, it fits in a little bit better here. Uh, it, it doesn't get a drastic raisin score from me, uh, but it's a little higher uh, than before. I it, it, it wasn't as much harsh on the ears as it was uh, and unpleasant. Uh, as last time. And, and so I'm anxious to hear what you guys got to say. And I'm going to start with T.Y. Uh, on this one. 3.5. Uh, uh, yep. Does this get a substantial raise from you? Or is this kind of still around where it was? No, I, I would say it actually does get a substantial raise for me. I'll start with the stuff that I didn't care for um, within this song. And I a lot of it is pretty much the same stuff that I didn't like the first go around. I don't think a seven minute and 30 second long song is necessary, necessarily um, 
necessary when it's this kind of a song. Mm -hmm. You know, you look back, you look back earlier in the album and say, well, Tyler Rooster was six minutes and 41 seconds. That's only 30 seconds difference. Well, yeah, but Rooster is that's a way better song. Like just overall the tone, the lyrics, the instruments, like every every part of that song is better. Now, what I will say as far as something that I really liked in this version, I listened to this song start to finish uh, uh, quite a few times. And I actually like how the I like how grimy the guitar is. Um, I like how the drums and most of the um, percussion is super quiet. The bass line's not super um, up front. It's just all staying in the back. And I really like most of Lane's vocals about halfway in and towards the end of the song. But again, it's a it, you want to talk about drones on, songs yes. that go on a little bit longer than they should. It's just... You know, there's a lot of instrumental in the first half of the song that I do like, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing just over and over again. We'll cut that in half and then you have something that that might end up actually being a little bit more positive experience. Um, So, yeah, I mean, what did you give it the first time around, Brandon? 6.25? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I went from a 3.5 to a 6.75. So to me, that's a substantial jump, um, but still, it it makes sense why this one is one of the ones that got cut. Buckles, you gave it the lowest score on the original at a two, probably mm-hmm. one of the lowest ranks anyone has given any Alice in Chains song. I think the uh, the only thing lower than that was the non song from uh, oh yeah <laughs> from facelift mm-hmm. from facelift yeah. what what was that um, uh, I'd have to go back and look at my notes um, then is that one that we refuse to rank yes that is yeah because um, yeah, we said it would just lower the overall score of facelift and, and that Nate's the only fair. one that liked it yeah okay yeah, yeah. I remember I do remember yeah. that yep all right I I. Man, I actually did what I normally don't do. We we are very democratic here. Uh but but I put I put the damn hammer of justice down and I said, "No, not today, sir." And what I'm wondering is uh Buckles, did you throw down your hammer of justice and do you think Frogs doesn't really belong here at all and needs to stay at the lower end of the forgotten realm of of Allison Chain self-titled or <coughs> Uh, do you kind of agree with me and Tyler? Did, does this performance kind of redeem it, even if it's just minor? Both. I'm going to say both. Two things. One, uh, they could have cut the entire last three songs off the album. I, this album, I think they would have been better off. I actually, yeah, I totally agree. They I wish- could have left. They could have cut it off after Wood, and this album would have been just fine. I actually wish they would have uh, re- possibly replaced at least this one with We Die Young. Like I would have. Oh, right. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That would yes. be cool. Um, uh, the other half of that, you asked me if it's improved. Um, yes, it is improved with the qualification that it's not hard to clear a bar of the slant on the ground. Um, no, I did not like this at all. Um, it feels odd. The droning, uh, and uh, the atonal parts of this, I I'm a Primus fan. I dig atonal shit but atonal doesn't always work in acoustic. 
It doesn't always work on an, an inherently melodic device. And it does not work here to me at all. Um, and honestly, I listened to this. I listened to the album and then went back and watched the video after the fact. If I hadn't seen the video, because there's no crowd interaction with the song at all. They don't cheer. They don't clap. They don't do anything. Between that and the weird vocal that you get when Lane's singing to that other mic, if you hadn't told me this was live, I would not have known this was a live song. Not because there's no production to it or anything, just because it's nothing. There's nothing there. There's no crowd. There's nothing to make it feel live. And then Lane's other vocal makes it feel, okay, there's something off about this, that they've added something to it maybe. Oh, they just he was just singing into a different mic. Okay, I get it. So, yeah, this was live. I wouldn't have known it otherwise. Um, I didn't like the original version much at all. I don't care much for this. Is it better? It's more discernible. It's shorter. There's less, slightly less droning. So yes, it's an improvement by default. Right on, right on, Nate. Oh boy. So Buckle said a lot of my thoughts. The biggest <laughs> word I wanted to use was droning. This is seven and a half minutes of droning. Uh, drones on and on and on and on. And on into oblivion. And let me just tell you, my friends, you can slap glitter on a turd and you'll still have the same smell. It's not going to go away. So this is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't this is not going to trick me into liking frogs anymore than I, you know, initially I gave it a four point four five because I was being saucy. I might give it a four point one five this time just because I'm pissed that they decided to add it to this album just because like listen you have a lot of really good things going and 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 i'm all slightly disagree with buckles saying of the last three tracks i think frogs could have been replaced or removed entirely and the bonus track they could have done something anything totally left field it wouldn't have mattered whatever they did it didn't matter that bonus at the end but the last song they picked the perfect song i mean come on the title it, it, it is just too perfect but frogs nah uh, it's a horseshit. Nah, brah. Nah. So, Nate, you gave it a 4.15. Buggles, what did you give it? I gave it a three. A three. So, uh, that knocked down your your overall album score tremendously. Yes. I don't doubt it. It, it. it bumped that sucker down. Uh, Tyler, you said a 6.75. Correct. Mine was a 6.25 originally, and I bumped it up to a seven. The next Ooh, track. Sweet. Yeah, so just like just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, as I said, not as long as the song is, is what you thought it was worth. Yeah, well, um, gave it a rank a minute. As I listened to it, um, I wasn't looking forward to it, but then like, but like, it's a long song, but I didn't really felt like it. I was lost in it to a point like I, I didn't feel like that it really dragged on as long as it did last time. Like, uh, I felt like it uh, again with the. With with their presentation and their production here, I feel like it belonged a little bit more. Uh, although I do wish they would have not included it. Like uh, seven is probably my lowest score on this album, and this song gets it. So um, yeah, uh, the next track, over now, which is the the frogs and over now, where that was the closing tracks from from the last album, and uh, over now we all kind of liked it for the most part. Um, and I thought it was, again, copy and paste what I said, Sludge Factory and Frogs. Get rid of that vibe, get rid of the double vocals on Lane, and it is instantly more palatable. So given what I gave it before, it almost got the same, 
it almost got the same uh like uh treatment as what song did I do the same was it Angry Chair or something like that? Uh yeah. gave it the exact same rank. Uh that almost got it here, but 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 because the simple fact that I'm like, all right, take take away what I didn't like from before. Now it's an improvement. Well, how much of improvement? Not very much. Like it's a 0.25 improvement. Right. I gave this one an 8.75. <laughs> um, I will start with buckles this time. What did you think about over now on this compared to what closed out the last album? Um, step down, honestly. You think so? Yeah. Uh, it's, it honestly has a different feel. This feels a little poppier to me for some, somehow like it feels a little more upbeat. Whereas the original track is more melancholy. And I think it loses a little bit because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, it's bland. It's so bland the whole way through to me. I I feel like you hit it kind of on the head with when you mentioned uh, that they were wanting to include some stuff in the recent album. Um, In that, if you look at, say, the SNM album from Metallica, Mm -hmm. that they include a lot of load and reload on there because it came out around the same time frame. Sure. And that's kind of the same vibe I get. Like, if you're going to do a live album like this, if you want to get all the best stuff on here, there's many better things you can include. But because the most recent thing that they had done and the headspace that they were in was the self-titled album, even the, even at a, what, a two-year mm-hmm. difference, I just uh, – you could have included Heaven Beside You and then not included anything else on the self-titled album. I think you'd probably been better off. This could have been better as we die young. This could have been better as Man in the Box. As an acoustic yeah, I, I would have loved that. That is that. the one omission for the big, mm-hmm. from the big five perfect scores and the hits, uh, playing the hits. That I always wondered why they didn't do an acoustic Man in the Box, and uh, maybe they did it because they figured everybody would expect it. Um, possibly, you know, it's entirely possible. Uh, we, we won't get an answer on it, but probably not unless one of us is able to like corner Jerry Cantrell and hold up at gunpoint and said, "Why didn't you play Man of the Box and Unplugged? I gotta know." And why did you do Frogs? And then uh, he <laughs> yeah, would be like, like, "What the fuck? Why do you love Frogs so much?" Like honestly, you're just gonna get you're just gonna have the gun to his head, and all of a sudden you're just gonna hear me go, "Frogs." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's so bland to me that it's just a, it's a step back because it's nothing to me. Nate, I'll let you go next. Okay. I really like Over Now. I gushed about it on the album. Mm-hmm. I gush about it here because again, it elevates because you're getting the rawness of them performing it. Yeah, it's a little hoppy, but they nail those harmonies. There is such powerfulness in Lane's voice when he's reaching for those high high hitting notes in the chorus jerry's deep vocals giving it the the real foundation it needs they are they're really having fun on this track again it's it this is again they're showing like look how good we can be like we're just jamming and having a blast and that's, that's kind of where i feel like it was a little poppier it was a little more upbeat than the original. yeah 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 and i don't think that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing i think it's just one of those like when you're when you're doing a live performance of a song sometimes the integrity of that original song changes. Look at Metallica as an example. When they wrote Jump in the Fire, they were on standard guitars. Now it's like what F flat minor guitars they have to use because their voices have shifted so much and they can't mm-hmm. sing that high. So it's like the factors, the different things, whatever it is, there's the the spot where the acoustic guitar is really getting um, beautifully plucked by Jerry 
and the we pay our debt sometime and that song that just hits differently in the acoustic version for me uh it did get the bump of bumps for me if as it were so uh, just know that in the coming ranks who do we got left to discuss and bring uh, their thoughts ty ty uh, I won't take up a bunch of time because Nate hit, hit pretty much everything that I was going to say. The one thing that I will say, the, I, I know for a fact, the one piece of the puzzle that overall or ultimately made me increase my number by quite a bit. And it's if you go right at like three minutes in that little guitar solo that Jerry does right after the last time he says pay our debt sometime mm-hmm. you know the one that nate was just talking about that fucking solo is so awesome I'll and it sounds that. so good that you know if if the rest of the song was dog shit that I, I don't care anymore at this point <laughs> because I, I just love that little solo so much beautiful sounding dog shit mm-hmm that's what I thought of frogs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Ty, would you give it? Um, just one moment. I want to see. Okay, I went from a seven to a nine point seven five. Wow, that That's is how far I went. The jump. Uh, Nate, what did you give it, pal? A perfect ten. Perfect ten. Buckles, are you going to bring them back down to reality? Yes, yes, I am. And even I'm going to point something out that my original score that I was going to give it, Tyler, just because you mentioned that that guitar solo that I hadn't really thought about, I actually raised the score I was going to give it. Nice. It's still a seven. <laughs> hey, but, dude. but yeah, it was going to be a six, but no, I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. Now, that I, guitar solo is just so nice. So that guitar is. solo is. Uh, I don't know who plays the guitar solo, but this uh, we haven't mentioned the actual like uh, cast of the band they, here. They actually did have an, an additional guitar player. It was Scott Olson. Of course, the the band is Lane, Jerry, Mike, and Sean. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about he, that. He doesn't play on every song, though, does he? I don't know if he does. It, it says he so. it says that he plays uh, acoustic rhythm and solo guitar and acoustic bass on "Killer Is Me," which is the last song. So uh, it'd be neat to go back and watch the video and see who plays the solo of that. Cause I, I honestly, I can't remember On right it. now for the life of me. Yep. Um, but I, I gave it a, a, an 8.5 on the original and I said, it didn't get much. It's 8.75 from me, which I mean, still across the board here with the raising and then, okay. And then, and then the lowering um, this is the, it still scores better than the original. Uh, so that's something to look at too. On the original, uh, the average song score was eight point one eight, and on here it's eight point eight seven. So even though Buckles like, nah, I don't like it as much. Uh, everyone else liked it a little bit better just to raise it up. And Frogs, Frogs on the original got a, an average of four point zero five, and on this one a five point two two. Ever so slightly, these are some uh, uh, slightly better frogs. Uh, these frogs would have been better played with Beavis and Butthead, personal. Well, there you it's go. Jerry. Jerry plays a solo. All right, cool. Uh, Jerry, good, good solo on uh, by by Jerry. Man, Jerry's Jerry's a fucking treasure. Um, mm, yeah, dude, it's nice. Dude, the, watch it. I tell you what, you know these albums here that we've ranked with Lane, uh, they're special. Uh, and I know that even I haven't dived into the last two albums. I, I did dive into the first one that they did when they came back. That's what's going to be special. I'm, I'm about, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. what's what's so special about 
diving into those later records is because they're uh, even though they're Alice and everything, it, it's we're getting more Jerry uh, driven uh, with this. Uh, so it's like it it's going to be some great stuff to listen to, even if it is like some people consider um, the revival of Alice. It, it could have been named a, a completely different band. Uh, and it still would have it still would have succeeded, but I can see why they didn't. I can see why you know what we were. I'm glad they didn't. We were brothers. Yeah. We lost our brother, and we're continuing in honor of our, of him. And mm-hmm. uh, we're we're it, it it it's evolved because the, there there's such a time span in between '94 and then 2007 or eight when Black was gives way to Blue comes out that they are different people. Like, but by the time that album comes out, they're not the same people they were before. So. They're different. Lane's gone. It is a new feel, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm anxious to get there. But we're not there yet. We have the last song here so far for Unplugged. Killer is me, which is the only new song here, and they closed with it. Of course, they they kind of tease after over now that they're done, and then um, but then they but then they have one more. Uh, Killer is me. I might have a I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Nate, Nate says that uh, uh, title wise. Definitely was uh, ominous. Upon listening to it, maybe I need to listen to it again. I felt a little lost in it, and it didn't really hit for me mm-hmm. as a song. Um, I, d- I didn't hate it, but unfortunately, this is unfortunate, but, but because it, it, it didn't really hit me, I gave it the same rank as I gave frogs, I gave it a seven and, <laughs> and, and, and granted, you know, I felt like frogs belonged a little bit better here than, than the last one, but this one just didn't hit for me. And I'll let Nate go first. Nate, do you feel the same or, um, do you like it a little bit better than I did? See, I feel like the song had no resonating quality because there's not like any single hook to hold on to. That's mm-hmm. going to like pull you back time and time again. There's some cool parts of the song. Obviously there's some really nice, dual harmonies happening and stuff but 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 big old but humongous but it just doesn't have that addictiveness i think is the word there's nothing to sink your teeth into that makes you want to go back and listen to the song you're just like okay cool cool track um i think it is interesting though the killer is me is the last new track that they released together as a group and Technically, Lane is his own killer. As dark as that is, I mean, yeah. he he kind of, you and, know, car, carved his own demise. And it's a Jerry song too. Like Jerry wrote mm-hmm. the lyrics here, you know. So like in some ways, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It's just insane. The mind in the name of me can't find the time to let things be. Like this. Even though there's no hook, there's some really uh, heavy lyrics too. Yes, and um, true. So it's like I dig that, but unfortunately, like I, I just couldn't get myself into the song any more than what I did. Uh, Buckles, do you feel the same with that? Uh yes. Uh, I gave it a five. Honestly, I felt like it's it's just messy. There's not much. There's no hook to it. There's not really much of anything. Like Nate got Nate said to sink your teeth into. Uh, it feels like a really weak ending, not just for a, a live album or an acoustic album, for both, really. You would think you would want to end on a really strong note, and they really don't. It's kind of interesting to end on a, on a, on a brand new single. You don't see that very often. 
Um, there's a lot of that atonal stuff again that again just does not feel right. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, my looking at my notes here, I'm wondering if I my if I've judged the last three a little harshly because my last uh, note was weirdly atonal, still better than frogs. <laughs> so I mean, let's maybe, be honest, maybe it I is just, better than frogs. It is, but maybe I'm letting that my my dislike of that song color the rest of it. But you know, you want to know something that's really sad about frogs. Frogs has 7,820,974 plays on Spotify. The Killer Is Me only has 5,326 plays, 871. So there are legitimate people out here that are like, yeah, dude, I'm going to put check out this fucking song. It's called Frogs. I you see what I can think of, honestly, is that somebody played the album, played it and listened to the whole thing through, got to Frogs and went, yeah, okay, fuck all this. I just, <laughs> they just, I just stopped. They just stopped. <laughs> Uh, no, I, my question would be how many listens for over now? Uh, crazy thing. 815,416. Okay. And on the unplugged version, that is more plays than Angry Chair. Mm-hmm. That's odd. That's very strange. Oh. Over now is a good song. Buckles, fuck off. Over now was the single. I, I forgot to mention that. I, that- I gave it a yeah. seven. God damn it. I gave over now a seven. <laughs> Leave me alone, he says. Um, Tyler. Old man yells at Cloud. Yep, Tyler, uh, you're the last one to go, man. Killer is me. I, I um, you know, like Nate, Nate kind of brought it up. I really appreciate the symbolism here. Um, I don't really dig this song, but there are things that I do appreciate about it. I do, I do really enjoy uh, Jerry throughout the song. Um, I just, I just kind of feel the song kind of feels. And, and, and I'm not a musician, so it's kind of hard for me to articulate, but I kind of feel like the song is just too loose. It's not held together it's very busy. well. Yeah. I feel like. Um, do you think not to cut in, but just to, no, you're good. but just to add a thought, do you think that's because that this didn't this is the one song that that wasn't recorded or established before that they never played before maybe in a, in a full live setting mm. that maybe they only jammed okay. on maybe that's yeah. why which is funny because then you have Metallica did the same thing with S&M for both No Leaf Clover and Minus Human and those sound way more rehearsed and put together mm-hmm. than maybe this does but maybe that's well, just maybe that's just uh, apples and oranges symphony. too yes yeah you also have the symphony with that too they, that's, they that's need to be prepared for that yes like so like apples to oranges here you know so but no but no, would... no that's that's a that's an interesting take that i didn't i didn't look at it from that perspective and you know that that maybe makes more sense um so you know kind of maybe not judging that as harshly because i i wasn't thinking about how yeah i mean Imagine how I mean, how many times probably had they played this song? Um, I would be curious to know. I would be curious to know as to when it was written, because with it not being on anything previous, with it not being on the EPs or a demo or anything that we're aware of, was this written specifically for this performance? And if so, if so, this is after a two-year layoff. Mm -hmm. Maybe this this is two years after the self-titled album, which we've all kind of gone on the record as saying that it's not their Great. strongest work yeah yeah so this is a continuation to the next step after that mm-hmm. so maybe this is just the headspace that they were in maybe this is what yeah. if if they had continued to make new music would we have heard more like this would killers me be the if lane hadn't passed away at this point 
if there had been another album after this with Lane, would we have heard more of a continuation of that self-titled sound and this sound here? And I really wonder if like they had the thought of, well, we, we have a, this performance. We haven't done anything in two years. Everything we've played so far, even the newer stuff has been around for two years. Let's give them something new, mm-hmm. but we haven't written anything in two years. Maybe that's, maybe there's a little bit of that to it. I, I thank you so much, uh, Brando. And thank you buckles for that, because that perspective totally changes, um, the way that I kind of feel about this song. Even with all that, it's still, and I don't think it's necessarily me judging it too critically. I just think that, you know, this is the perfect, We and, and obviously we've said it with frogs and stuff like that, but this is the perfect, <laughs> hi, sweetie. Uh, this is the, I got a gremlin trying to break in here. The, the this is the perfect example of you know you, we we should have left this one out. So you could um, delete that one. Yeah, we we can delete that one. I'm gonna give this one just because there are parts that I enjoy six point five. And buckles, you gave that a five. I gave it a five. It's very very much. It is a song. Okay. And Nate, what'd you give it, pal? <laughs> Hello, Six this even. is song. Six. This I is gave song it, in Soviet Russia. <laughs> I, I gave it a seven. As I said, same as Frogs. And that puts up a wrap on this one. My average score was at 8.69. Nate, yours is at 8.97. Tyler, 9.32. Dude, I love it. And Buckles, 8.26 with an average master rank of 8.81. Which, if this counted, would be the highest overall Allison Chains rank. But uh, it's essentially a greatest hits. It, it, it kind of yes, yeah. yeah. How yeah. much? How much higher is it than than Dirt? Out of curiosity. Okay. Uh, doop 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 doop. What is Dirt? Uh, dirt is eight point four. <laughs> eight point four nine. So uh, very if, close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, what you'll see is that when you start putting in ranks from four people. Uh, for multiple oh, different yeah. songs, you you'll be surprised with how little that score changes as you go along. Mm. Let me ask. Let me ask you one other thing. And I, you mentioned it when I when I gave the ranking of how far that dropped my average. If you had taken frogs out, how badly how badly did that drop me? Out of complete curiosity. Um. So, so frogs was a three for you, mm. and it, well, okay. So that raises it to an eight point seven. But okay. before that. You were at a nine point two five, and then frogs came along. And then over now you gave a seven, and then you gave that a five, so that dropped it all the way down to eight point five. Uh, so the last three that songs, yeah, right. you really didn't like the last three songs. Um, but of course, the highest ranking song was Wood at a perfect score, and then the lowest one was Frogs at a five point two two. Guys, I really enjoyed this uh, this this episode. Uh, and this this look at I love it when we get a chance, you know, with the Metallica, with the SNM. Metallica's done acoustic sets too, but we don't we, we didn't rank them. Uh, they do it all the time with their uh, with their charity, and and they they do a mixture of covers and their tunes, which is really cool. You get to see get to hear them do a, a turn to page acoustic. You get to hear them do deep uh, mm-hmm. deep purple uh, uh, acoustic. So really different stuff. From here, uh, got to hear some of their some some of the greatest hits as, as we said. Uh, some of the big top tens, uh, top fives for us were here. 
And then a, a couple of, the, of others thrown in for good measure or bad measure, if, depending on your uh, viewpoint of the matter. Frogs. Frogs. <laughs> but, but guys, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, once, once again here. Before we leave, before we say goodbye, uh, next week here on the show, we're going to be discussing Music Bank, which was a compilation. You want to talk about greatest hits. Music Bank was a collection of the greatest hits. But it also included several never-before-released songs and demos. And uh, I asked right before, I said, are you guys willing to do demos and some other stuff on here that was never released? And we said, rank them all, damn it! So that's what we're doing. We're gonna, I'm going to run down again. Uh, so these songs are in, are in order on the Music Bank. Uh, but just stay with me here. I'm going to go through it. We're going to be covering Get Born Again. I Can't Have You Blues, which is a demo. What you gonna do? Which is a demo, brother. <laughs> which would be hilarious if that would have been the track before the song, brother. Mm, okay. Do? Social parasite, which is a demo. Queen of the rodeo, which is live. So we're gonna get a, another live rank track. Killing yourself, which is a demo. Fear the voices. Lying season. What the hell have I? A little bitter, and then the very last song that we will ever rank with Lane Staley is called "Died." Oof, oof. <laughs> By the way, I figured out the uh, non-song uh, you and I you, you refused to rank. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that one where they switched? They switched. It was not on. It was not on. It was not on facelift. It was on SAP. Is on SAP. Okay, it's, uh, it's love song. Yep. Which, if I remember correctly, I ranked as uh, I gave it a score of seventy-five Q Texas vomit emoji. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, those are the songs that we're going to check out on Music Bank. I'm going to put out uh, a post on social media, uh, so check us out on there uh, at, at Rank 'Em All Podcast on all the social medias. I'm going to put the the list there that way you guys can follow along and uh, listen to the greatest hits if you haven't already. Uh, and then, of course, check out these new songs with us. But uh, just as a reminder, I'm going to send that out. But uh, Fellas, Nate, Tyler, Buckles, thank you once again for joining me here for the Alice in Chains Rank Em All. We're going to get back into this next week with Music Bank. Uh, and until then, you know, I guess put that in your bank and invest it. Uh, that is a bad hey. joke. That's a bad joke. Um, <laughs> hey, well, at least this podcast is over now. It, it is over now. And, and uh, well, next week we'll get born again when we dive into Music Frogs. Bank. Frogs. <laughs> Later on, guys. I've been Brando, Nate, Tyler Buckles. We've been Rank Em All. Check us out next week, guys. Until then, see you then. Rock on. Rank on. Later on. <laughs>